All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. Here, solo, Chuck and John will be back later in the week for a full episode. I think we're going to record that one maybe a day early because they are going to Memphis for the Grizzlies-Suns game on Wednesday. Today's interview is about the Boston Celtics. Yes, one day after the Patriots came back from a mighty, mighty deficit. But more importantly, one day after Paul Pierce made his final return to the Garden, we are going to talk some Celtics. Anyway, like I was telling you guys last week, in February we are doing a special with our iTunes reviews where any five-star review that gets written, we will read it on air. So that can be a shout-out for your own podcast, maybe your awesome Twitter handle, maybe you have a really cool Tumblr. Write anything you want, and we will read it as long as it's not horribly offensive. I also want to tell you guys about Fan Essentials. Fan Essentials is a subscription service that delivers the best, finest, hand-curated sports goods to your door. Say you're a big Celtics fan, you go to fanessentials.net, you sign up for the Celtics box, and every month they send you a t-shirt and other collectibles to go and be part of your collection. Use the code FBBF, as in Fast Break Breakfast, and get a few dollars off, and we get a few dollars to help keep us going. So go to fanessentials.net and get all the essentials you need. My guest today is a writer at B-Ball Breakdown and the host of the Truth Podcast and the Away Team Podcast. He's also the artist formerly known as Snotty Drippin' on Twitter, Mr. James Hollis. How are you? Hey, what's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm pretty in. Good, I'm, pretty good. I'm doing fantastic. Playing? Um, so you're, you're a Celtics fan. Are you also a Patriots fan? I am not a Patriots fan. Okay. So so yesterday I didn't not, take too much out of you. I do not, I do not support I don't watch football in general. I'm a, NBA is pretty much my, my, my one sports life. That's pretty good. Yeah, I still watch the NFL, but it's growing less and less. I now feel proud of myself if I cannot watch like a Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night football game. Like I feel like I'm making, I'm making strides in my personal life. That just means that to you, ball really is not life. <laughs> and uh, I'm disappointed in you, man. I'm disappointed that you're actually the two-time in the NBA, but... Do you'll, you, you'll grow out of it. Does your fidelity to the NBA, does that prevent you from watching non-sports events? Like, are you allowed to watch Netflix shows? Uh, I love Netflix shows. Okay, so so your, your fidelity is just for sports. Yes, sports. All right. You know, I'm, I might get there someday. I'm, I might make that a goal. Although I still like, you know, I still like international football too every now and then. As far as like, you know, soccer, that is. I know, it's the biggest sport in the world. I just I can't do it. Yeah. I just like that. I like the community when, like, the U- U.S. men's team's playing and we, we all get worked up and then they lose in horrific fashion. There's something about that fellow camaraderie I, I guess I enjoy. But, uh, you know, I, I guess all the, all the so, professional teams I cheer for never win much anyway, so I, I, I can get that camaraderie elsewhere. So you're, you're a masochist, basically. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Every, every morning, wake up, a little self-flagellation. That's how I get going. Speaking of waking up and getting going, uh, we always talk about our breakfast. Did, did you have a chance to eat breakfast on this Monday morning? 
I sure did not. I had a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee? That's normally what I do. Are you a big breakfast eater? Do you have like a go-to breakfast or is it something that's not really a part of your life like pro football? No. If I, if I get breakfast, I get sluggish for the rest of the day. I'm, I usually eat really light. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I, I, sometimes I only eat breakfast. I probably need to start. Get my get like jump no supposed to jump start your metabolism so maybe somebody need to get into it. yeah some people say it might be the most important thing but you know there there are uh, there are differing opinions all right so I'm getting you here uh, to talk about the Celtics a team that's having a pretty decent season uh, led by Isaiah Thomas who's having an amazing season uh, currently the Celtics they're they're the two seed in the East so I'm curious what's your take on the Celtics kind of so far do you think them being the two seed is more about them having a good season or more about maybe the rest of the East kind of stumbling a little bit? Um, And see, it's funny you ask that question because that seems to be the general consensus from a lot of people about Isaiah Thompson and the Celtics. It's instead of rushing to give them credit, which they deserve, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to give these two, we, we kind of say, oh, well, you know, but, but, but what about this? Boston's have, look, they won, I think, 14 of 18. They, since Christmas, they have like the second or third best record in the NBA. As far as, uh, you know, they only have five losses. I think Golden State has four. I think the Wizards have four. Mm-hmm. The next is like, you know, Boston, another team has five losses since Christmas. Um, Isaiah Thomas leading the league in scoring over that period, I believe. He's uh, in January alone, he put up 33 points a game. Next up was Harden at 31, and then Russ at 29. So it's like, as the season goes on, you know, as the season progresses, Boston's getting better and better. While other teams that start off hot, like the Raptors, um, Houston, uh, you know, the Cavs, they start off hot and they're, they're kind of going through their, their struggles and Boston's kind of like peaking right now. So it's a, it's a combination of things. Sure, other teams are struggling, but that's part of the game. Boston's just doing what they take care of business. They're, I think they're doing seven in a row that they're one now. They're taking care of business, man. And uh, that's all this is about, Amy Bradley. So for me to see when they come back 100%. Yeah, it's going to be impressive. As you said, Avery Bradley, who might be one of the more underrated players in the NBA, having a a fantastic year. Um, So I'm I'm looking at the Celtics team, and I've been watching a good bit of their games, a lot of it because I've had uh, Isaiah Thomas in several fantasy leagues. But I'm curious what you think, even though they are having, uh, they're, they're doing well, you know, as you said, great win record since Christmas, Isaiah Thomas throwing up incredible scoring numbers. Um, I am assuming they're gonna. Isaiah Thomas is gonna regress. I don't think he's gonna average thirty-five points for the rest of the season. I don't think he's gonna light up all the fourth quarters and deliver them down the stretch. Um, so I'm curious. Do you think you said you think they're hitting their stride? But assuming Isaiah Thomas regresses, how do you think uh, the rest of the team steps up, and how do you think that's going to affect them? Yeah, I've, this is my revelatory season, man. I've been pining for the days of. Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, and, and you know, I want to be a dominant team again. But the landscape's changed. You know, Cleveland obviously is head and shoulders above all the other teams in the East. You know, the current struggles be damned. We know that come playoff time, LeBron James is going to be LeBron James, and having a secondary score like Kyrie makes all the difference in the world. But um, I realize Boston, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a very high quality team that, you know, you beat the teams that you're supposed to and some of the teams that you're not supposed to and you, you know, won 55 games, 55 games. That's actually, that's great. And that's where Boston is right now. Uh, two glaring weaknesses, uh, the lack of rebounding. They get pounded on the glass a lot. And guys can get to the rim basically at will against the Celtics. Amir Johnson's a shell of his former self. And there's no, uh, you know, just, I, I like Kelly on Olenek offensively, but defensively. 
there's a lot, a lot to be desired. I think the Celtics right now are in the bottom third in defensive rating. Um, even with this great offense, I think they're like number five or six in offense this season. So it is what it is. They're a quality team with flaws. Um, they get up, they get up down the floor and they, they put up a lot of threes. They don't make a lot. They're, they're doing better than they were last year. And that's all due to Al Horford, uh, opening up the floor and unlocking the offense. But, um, so yeah, he's going to, he's going to tail off eventually. There's no way. I mean, this, if he ran this kind of level, which I think right now his name deserves to be an MVP conversation, even though we know he's an MVP. But sure, if he falls back down to 25 points a game, um, once we get Avery Bradley back, that's you know that's 17 and eight out of the off, out of the outfits right there. So I think the return of Bradley would help mitigate any cooling off Isaiah that comes. That makes sense. I was going to say you're definitely preaching to the choir as far as you know being a good team, winning 50 games is, is successful. I, I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan. And I tell people all the time, like, we have it great. You know, people are saying, this is the end of the Conley-Gasol era. They should blow it up. I'm like, we Grizzlies still, you know, they make the playoffs every year. That's a pretty sweet place to be as a basketball fan. Like, the season's eight months long. My team's winning most of the time. So, you know, I, I, de- I definitely enjoy it. Um, however, in the Celtics case, as you said, you know, the Cavs are, are head and shoulders above. But if you look at this season in particular, and if J.R. Smith doesn't come back for the Cavs, and if they, they keep stumbling a little bit, do you believe at all that the Celtics should maybe maybe make a move or deal some of those future assets for this season to get some kind of help or another player in to try and increase their odds of making the finals this season? For sure. If they can move a secondary-type player and bring in some guy who can block shots and, and, and rebound, you know, just 15, 20 minutes tonight. But you don't want to move any of your core guys right now because they're rolling. And uh-huh. you, really, they're a great point because I was in the camp of, hey, they're, you know, they're gatekeepers in the West. If they're not championship contenders, what's the point? They can't get a shooter. What's the deal? But me and uh, I'm pretty sure you know Matt Moore, mm-hmm. HQ basketball. We had, we had extended exchange one night. And he, it's true. He's like, you know what? You're, you know, it's not boom or bust in the NBA. There's only so many star players who dominate and, and make you into a contender. If you don't have those players, you, you don't just give up and say, okay, well, we, we might as well just, you know, let's tank for the next eight years until that guy's gone. You can't do that. So, um, yes, they've, Ainge really looked out. It's been a perfect storm. The fact that he got uh, Crowder, Bradley, and Isaiah on those terrific contracts is what allows them to do what they're doing now. And I was always going to change in two years. So I, I wouldn't be averse to him making a big swing because really their their best sweet sweet spot I guess. And after that, you know, I think they're gonna lock up Isaiah. Uh, Horford's locked up for a few more years, but it's gonna be tough with Crowder and Bradley getting free agency and smart. So yeah, now's the time to strike while the iron's hot, and you know, you do the best you can. So if they could swing some kind of move to bring in, I mean, Nerlens Noel is a, a pretty big chip. It's gonna cost a lot, and I wouldn't be averse to that though. Uh, I don't want a guy like Whiteside, um, but yeah, I, I don't know who, I don't know where they can find a, a rim, a rim running, shot blocking kind of guy. I'd love it. So it's mainly for you all about finding that that rim protection and that defense, and may, maybe not a. I mean, what about like the the huge names like the Boogie Cousins or Jimmy Butler? You you wouldn't be opposed if they cashed in a lot of their future assets to try to chase one of those guys, or you're saying you, you just would prefer more of a periphery, you know, good player a, a la Nerlens Noel. Oh no! If they can, if they can swing the deal to get the boogie or the the Jimmy Butler in town, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, um, you know, I'm all for it. And I, I guess before I was in the 
well, if it, if it includes Isaiah, send him too. But you don't you don't just send away twenty nine to six to get in. <laughs> yeah. Even right, Jimmy Butler's a better player, and you know, long term, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler. But at the same time, it's like you guys got to find a way to keep all three. I think a big part of Washington Wizards' resurgence, and I know it seems off topic, is the fact that Marquise Morris is averaging like nineteen and eight since like Christmas or since January first. You got to have that third guy, and right now there's not a third guy in Boston. It's Isaiah, and you know Horford's great, but he's pretty much the third guy. So there's no second guy in Boston. So yeah, biggest biggest swing a big deal. I mean, I I'm I wouldn't mind moving Brown and one of those next picks and getting a, a legit another star to go with Isaiah. Do you think Avery Bradley? He's scoring, you know, somewhere around 17 points a game. Do you think actually they would be better served with him scoring less? Maybe if they had a more natural, like third guy, and and let him score. You know, maybe he's scoring that many points just because someone has to, and maybe they could do it better if he wasn't the one doing it. Oh uh, no! I, I again, because like the offense isn't the problem, right? You know, so it's I, I can't. I have no complaints about the offensive setup in, in Boston. I wish they uh, had a couple more like really high level three point shooters, but that's fine. You know, Al Horford has his presence alone. I mean, Jay Crowder shooting like forty three percent three this year, forty two percent, and his career like thirty four percent three point shooter. That's amazing. Isaiah's shooting lights out on a, on a high volume of attempts, so uh, that's not a problem. It's 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 more about really. I'm the hammer to death. It's rebounding and, and interior defense. You know, it's, it's, they get, guys get to the rim with no problem against the Celtics. So. Looking ahead to this way the team is going to be built, What is, if they don't make a huge move this season, what do you think is their best case roster building in the next couple of years before those uh, the Bradley, Crowder, and Isaiah Thomas deals are up? Without a big move, uh, it's going to be this year's pick. Yeah. No, you 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 can find you can I you know everyone's really high on Fultz and I'm watching him and I I get it I love it he's a good player it's just you know with this team roster the way they are now I don't know how you add another guard you know and stay and especially a, a rookie guard and play high level defense um so it's it's a conundrum man it's like you draft the best player who's supposed to be generational then what you do because Isaiah is a ball dominant guard and you got these two guys and it's it's going to be tough. You know, it's like um, it's almost like how Philly had to pick those three bigs because they're going best player available every year. And it was just a fit. So I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what the let's hope Jalen Brown can blossom. That that would be a huge deal. Right. If Jalen Brown blossoms into a uh, like a super crowder type guy without the jump shot, maybe then that makes him infinitely better because, you know, he's long, he's switchy, he can play four and five, I mean, four and three. And he would make uh, add another level of versatility to the team. So we'll see, man. Yeah, and also I think everyone is tying with the Butler connection. The Gordon Hayward free agency might be on the table. I know Jazz fans cringe every every time it's mentioned, but that's one of the arguments on staying put this season for the Celtics. Like maybe they add you know one of those top college draft picks, and maybe they get a free agent such as as Gordon Hayward coming in. Um, I want to ask you about Marcus Smart. Uh, He's a guy who gets mentioned a lot as, you know, uh, a Tony Allen light. Tony Allen's one of my favorite NBA players. But I'm curious, he's so bad at shooting, and I think a lot of that is just because he's stuck in that, just, keep, you know, he, he takes threes like he's supposed to, the analytics favorable three-point shots and the jumpers. Um, I'm curious what you see as his potential uh, in the NBA. Um, I, again, this has been my, my revelatory season, and I've been waiting for Smart to have that 
next level jump because I really like his intensity. I love the defense. I love his, like, he reminds me of a little bit like a cross between, uh, you know, his game style, a cross between like Westbrook and Dwayne Wade without the elite athleticism because, you know, he's rugged, he's strong, can't really shoot, but um, he's, he's actually showing a lot more intelligence with the ball this year. So I just realized I think his ceiling might not be what I wanted it to be, which is, you know, a high level 17, five and five kind of guy. He just, his scoring touches that bad and that's okay. He's, a, he's still a really good player. Um, so his ceiling now, I think he, I, he's a much better ball handler than Tony Allen. Um, I think he's much more, he's even more versatile defensively than Tony Allen. We've seen him like, you know, defend Paul Millsap in the playoffs. That's incredible. We've seen him just snatch the ball out of guys' hands. Like he, he, he can do remarkable things defensively that you can really do a lot with as a team. And if he can just become a league average three point shooter, that's a, uh, that's a huge, huge deal. You know, he can play two, he can play point. It's, the the versatility again, you know, that's the big thing in the NBA now, having guys who do multiple things. He can do so many things that we can you 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 take it I and mean, you take it. But the thing again, he's gonna be up for free agency in two thousand eighteen also. So he's about to make a lot of money. So they have decisions to make in Boston, man. Yeah, he's a guy who you see tantalizing flashes, you know, where he's hitting the threes and then he's making the incredible steals, knocking the ball away, diving on the ground, you know, scooping the ball up. But I, I yeah, I, I was curious what you thought his um upper upper ceiling might be if it has been scaled back and he's no longer maybe going to be an elite guy maybe it is just a uh more of a role player but a good solid role player that, that helps you win for sure that's where that's where it is with him I, he's not he's never been number one option not even probably a two or if you're a third option you're probably in trouble but i mean if he can get up to that 12 14 points a game at least 40 percent shooting because he's been a horrible shooter if he can just, you know, and he's, and he's figuring it out as he gets older, I think. He's he's fine. I really like him. Yeah. I see a lot of people saying that Kelly Olenek is very crucial and critical to the Celtics playing well. Um, I don't feel like I've seen enough of him or enough Celtics games to understand. Are, are those is, are they just talking about, like, the gravity of him being on the floor and stretching the defense? Or what, what do you think it is? Or have I just been reading or hearing the wrong people? Well, it's, I don't know if it's chicken or egg. It's a chicken or egg thing because last year he was actually underrated defensively. Uh-huh. He was a really solid for them defensively last year. And his scoring touch, when he, he gets rolling, he's he's not bad at all. So this year the Celtics defense is kind of fell off a cliff, and so is his. And that kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. If you get him playing well, you put him beside Al Horford and because um, he, he's not – he's not really a post-up guy, of course, but he's, you know, he's big and he's tall and he's a, he's a sneaky athlete. Uh, if if him and Al Warford could get some kind of chemistry and we can keep him on the floor, which I mean, obviously is, is you know Brad Stevens is a great coach. He's not doing it now for much of a reason. But um, yeah, yeah, him playing well as a third big, even a sometimes starter at power forward, would make a whole lot of difference because that's that's what we're missing. A mere a Walking Dead character out there. He's giving it all he can, but he just <laughs> you know a lot of wear and tear. So they need somebody to step up to fill that power forward slash center void and let Al Horford just do his thing. Yeah, the Celtics so far have one of the they're one of the teams with the fewest number of say comfortable victories. So I'm curious, do you think that's a that's a bad sign or is it just kind of a random thing? Like how much of a concern is that for you? Um again, I think my main thing is I my perspective has changed so much. It's it's a, it's a liberating feeling for me because I was part of the worst Celtics fan in the world last year. I, I didn't really enjoy the season because I was comparing them to the great teams of the past. Now I look at it, look, they're winning. They're winning, and, uh, you know, everyone's playing their position. 
They've been doing it like you see Al Horford missed big chunks this season. Uh, but at the same time, Crowder was out with Al Horford. I mean, this is they were like out for like 10, 12 games, whatever. Um, you know, Smart missed a couple games, and now Bradley's out. So they haven't had the whole roster continuity with with their key five or six guys all season. You know, and they're still they're still second in the East. So I'm I'm looking at it from the glass half full side. It's not a big deal because they're they're pulling out close wins now, and they're learning how to function in late good well, function well in close games. That's going to pay dividends down the road in the playoffs. I like this very calm Zen perspective you've adapted. I don't know. Do you think it was a change from the snotty dripping? It took you to a, a more a more peaceful uh, a more peaceful place. Um, you know what? I almost I miss I miss being snotty dripping. <laughs> I feel I've been defanged or declawed or something. Because it, it's um I don't know it was it was a it was a fun little you know the. Not, not an alter ego at all, but you know, I just looked at it and people were calling me like in real life, saying, "Hey, you're snotty driven from Twitter." I was like, "That sounds so stupid." <laughs> so, uh, well, it was a definite brand. I mean, like, like that was the brand. That, that's like when I first heard about you. You know, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this guy, he's got a thing." Yeah, I didn't mean for it to be like a brand. That's the crazy thing about it. I was, just, I love Scotty Pippen as a player, uh-huh. and you know, to play on that, and so. uh yeah, it just, I don't know, it just feels weird to not be on, on social media anymore. But it's its a good thing. You know what? I changed it because I write for B-Ball Breakdown, and a guy told me he uh, he put in a, to get credential at a game, and whoever it is at the game, you know, whatever team it was, went and looked at his work on our site, and they just happened to see Snyder, something from Snyder Drippin. And they rejected his, his credentialing, saying, oh, you, your site's not like Snyder Drippin. I can't take you guys seriously. Oh. And that kind of, yeah, I was like, wow. So I, I decided if I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'll never be big time. It's something I love to do. I have a full time job, but at least if I want to, at least be kind of taken seriously. Like, let me get Snyder Griffin out of here. Yeah, uh, that's that's too bad. So the, the couple of times I've been credentialed, I've been credentialed through like fan sided or hardware paroxysm. I've always wanted to have fast break breakfast written on my credential, but I think also it might be some problem with like that doesn't seem very serious. Right. <laughs> it, this is my thing. This is a sport. Basketball. It's fun. It's amazing that somebody took it that serious. But right. Exactly. All right. Last question. I, I did see you talking about this on Twitter and I thought it was interesting. Um, if you swapped John Wall and Isaiah Thomas, are the Wizards worse, Celtics better, or or vice versa, or what's the matchup there? Um, okay, so I think obviously everything that the Boston Celtics do offensively is predicated on Isaiah Thomas's shooting and his finishing at the at the rim, these tough, difficult shots, and his three-point shooting. You take that off the team, and uh, you add a John Wall, the defense will be better, and I think the, maybe some of the secondary guys will have you know better seasons because that Wall's a much better, uh, has much better court vision, is much more of a quote-unquote pure point guard. But obviously, I think the offense craters. So I, you know, I mean, it's I, I think the offense falls off, kind of off a cliff, even if a little improvement for everybody else. Uh, the defense would be better. So I think Celtics would be much worse. And I think with the Wizards, uh, Wall, again, Wall sits up and they do, but it's his passing and playmaking, you know, and he's getting to the lane and finding those guys for corner threes. And Isaiah's not that guy. So um, I think both teams would be worse. I think the Celtics would be like a lot worse because uh, I, I, I really like Bradley Bill. You know, this year he's at like, what, 22 and whatever. But he's, he's, he's really taken on the look of a, I can be a you know first option on a on a good team. 
So, yeah, I, I think that both teams would be worse just for the roster construction. I think Isaiah is better than Wall this year as far as what he means to his team. I think it's really interesting. I, 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 I'm more of a – I think the Wizards would be worse with Isaiah Thomas. I don't think he fits very well. And I've, I've worried the Wizards' defense would fall off a cliff. But I also think the Celtics might be a little better with John Wall. But, again, that's, you know – it's just my opinion. We, we we can't prove it. I know those guys will never get traded for each other. Um, like I'm a pretty big fan of John Wall. I, I feel like he makes a lot of stuff go, but definitely it would it would completely change the, like the tenor of the Celtics team to maybe being all defense and just you know whatever whatever offense you get, and then it's like helter skelter kind of basketball out there. But yeah, who knows? Um, well, James, thanks thanks for taking time. Oh. It's- Appreciate having you on. Uh, can you tell people more where they can follow you? I know you're, you're Jay Hollis Hoops on Twitter. Where else are you uh, doing stuff they can catch up with you? Yeah, man, that's uh, Jay Hollis. That's H-O-L-A-S Hoops on Twitter. Uh, you can catch me over at bballbreakdown.com. You can catch me at uh, Press Basketball, where we do the Awakening podcast. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying, man. It's, it's I, Sometimes I get caught up watching basketball. I forget to write, so. That's good. I'm never a writer. That's why I just record these things. And also, you guys check out uh, his the the Truth podcast, uh, the Celtics podcast. I was looking. Oh crap! Say what? I said, oh crap! I mean, you asked me all this question. I, I didn't even bring up the truth. Yeah, it's part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. Check them out there too. Yeah, yeah, check them out there. And uh, there are many. I was looking this morning. There are a ton of Boston Celtics podcast. There, there might be more Boston Celtics podcasts than there are basketball podcasts in like the southeast of the United States. Where, where we are. But yeah, check out The Truth. T- t- check out the James The Truth podcast. It's good. I listened to a couple episodes. I appreciate it, brother. James, thanks for joining us and hopefully we will talk to you soon. All right, my man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks to James for that good stuff. Make sure you follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Remember, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash fastbreak breakfast you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter at fast break break you guys are the best thanks for listening and remember breakfast is the most important thing